Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, this is Tane Moxon. I'm a senior associate in the statutory insurance group of McCabe Kerwood. In the last two weeks, my colleagues Peter Hunt and Catherine Teague discussed the tricky question of how pre-accident weekly earnings, or PAWE, are assessed in accordance with Schedule 1 of the Motor Accident Injuries Act 2017. Peter looked at standard assessments pursuant to Clause 4 of Schedule 1, although he found the various twists and turns anything but straightforward. Catherine, on the other hand, examined Clauses 5 and 6, which deal with the PAWE of students, apprentices, trainees and other young people. As we stand at PAWE assessments, Catherine encountered a number of permutations. So that's PAWE done and dusted. If you have any questions or if you'd like to run a PAWE puzzle by us, feel free to give one of the team a call. In this episode, I'll look at the statutory benefit entitlement periods for weekly payments and specifically how the formula changes at the third entitlement period after 78 weeks. This is timely, I think, given that Maya commenced on 1 December 2017. So the first claimants to reach the third entitlement period will do so in June this year. But let's start at the beginning. The first entitlement period covers the first 13 weeks of weekly payments, covering a total or partial loss of earnings. During the first entitlement period, the injured person is entitled to 95% of the difference between the person's pre-accident weekly earnings and the person's post-accident earning capacity, if any, for the first entitlement period. Let's break that down. First, we need to determine the injured person's pre-accident weekly earnings of PAWE. How this is done is set out in Clause 4, 5 and 6 of Schedule 1. As I said at the outset, Peter Hunt and Catherine Teague have explored the assessment of PAWE in the last two episodes of our podcast series. Next, we need to determine the injured person's post-accident earning capacity. Importantly, Section 3.6, bracket 2, close bracket, makes it clear that we're talking about the injured person's post-accident earning capacity during that first 13 weeks. The earning capacity may get better down the track, but at this stage, we're focused on the capacity in the first 13 weeks. Once PAWE and post-accident capacity are assessed, we calculate the difference. And pursuant to section 3.6, bracket 2, close bracket, the injured person is entitled to 95% of that figure. So if the claimant's PAWE is $1,000 per week and their earning capacity is $100 per week in the first 13 weeks, then the difference is $900 and the claimant is entitled to 95% of that figure, being $855. A similar process applies in the second entitlement period, which is weeks 14 to 78 post-accident. 
although now we're focusing on the injured person's earning capacity after the first 13 weeks. The claimant's capacity may well have improved by now following the acute recovery phase. Section 3.7, bracket 2, close bracket, however, provides for different rates depending upon whether the injured person is totally incapacitated or partially incapacitated. If the injured person is totally incapacitated, they're entitled to 80% of their PAWE. If the person's PAWE is $1,000, they're entitled to weekly payments of $800. If, however, the injured person is partially incapacitated, they're entitled to 85% of the difference between their PAWE and their post-13-week earning capacity. So take the injured person in my earlier example. With a PAWE of $1,000 and assume their post-accident capacity has improved from $100 per week to $600 per week. The difference is now $400 per week and the injured person is entitled to 85% of that figure being $340 per week. And now we come to the third entitlement period which is the period after 78 weeks. For the mathematically challenged, like myself, 78 weeks is the same as 18 months. So for the third entitlement period, the formula for assessing weekly payments changes. Instead of comparing pre-accident weekly earnings, PAWE, to post-accident capacity, we are now comparing pre-accident capacity to post-accident capacity. And the change is an important one. Assume that the injured person in my example was working as a pizza delivery driver whilst completing their final requirements to become a doctor. In the first two entitlement periods, the formula is based on a PAWE of the injured person as a pizza delivery driver. In the third entitlement period, Beyond 78 weeks, we are now looking at the injured person's capacity to earn as a doctor. As with this second entitlement period, if the claimant has suffered a total loss of capacity, they're entitled to 80% of the differential. And if they've suffered a partial loss of capacity, they're entitled to 85% of the differential. So how is pre-accident earning capacity assessed? According to Clause 7, bracket 1, close bracket of Schedule 1, pre-accident earning capacity means the weekly amount a person had the capacity to earn before the motor accident concerned, in employment reasonably available to the person, in view of the person's training, skill and experience. In my example, the injured person's pre-accident earning capacity is assessed by reference to what they could earn as a doctor. Clause 7, bracket 2, close bracket, adds that if the injured person's pre-accident earning capacity cannot be determined, the amount is deemed to be 80% of average weekly total earnings of adults in full-time employment according to the ABS. It will be interesting to see how the phrase cannot be determined, works. What level of uncertainty is required before a finding is made that the injured person's pre-accident earning capacity cannot be determined? Time will tell. 
Now, the purpose of this episode of our podcast series was to discuss how the formula of calculating weekly payments changes in the third entitlement period. In summary, in the first two entitlement periods, PAWE in the claimant's pre-accident role is compared to the claimant's post-accident capacity. In the third entitlement period, however, the claimant's pre-accident earning capacity, which may be greater or less than their PAWE, is compared to their post-accident capacity. Keen listeners may have noticed that I've not yet discussed how post-accident earning capacity is assessed. Now, that is a complicated subject in its own right because it too changes after the second entitlement period. And guess what? That's the subject of next week's episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. I hope you'll tune in then. Please contact me, Peter Hunt, or our team if you have any questions you would like to run by us. Until then, happy podcasting. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.